Testament, the gospel according to Luke chapter 15. If you are not familiar with your Bible, I hope someone will notice that and come sit alongside you. Because we just may go through some of this verse by verse and um, expound upon it. Luke 15, and I want to focus on that son. So I want to begin on verse, uh, verse 11. There are three stories here, but we're going to pick on the last one a little bit. I hope I can get someone to pray with me. Jesus is speaking. There's a multitude there, and there's uh, Pharisees, religious people there, scribes. They were religious leaders for the Jews, and he is teaching. And he says here in verse 11, and he said, that is Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will stay unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to make 
Mary. I'd like to use for a title this morning, Find Your Way Home. Find Your Way Home. I was a little boy at one time in my life. And I remember growing up in a little city south of here called New Britain. And uh, in this little neighborhood, we would go out and play sometime. But down at the corner of the street we lived on and a street that was perpendicular to it, there was a house and a family that owned a dog. The shorter you are, the bigger dogs look. And some dogs seem a little fierce. Well, this dog was a she-dog. And her name was Lady. And I don't know why. It seems like people, some people are doing a little better now. Some aren't. But Lady was often allowed to kind of wander the neighborhood. And she just out there all over, kind of terrorizing the place. And when the little kids, we saw her, we, we started shaking a little bit too. But one thing about Lady, unlike another dog that you all know that I know, <laughs> one thing about Lady is Lady was obedient. All you had to do was talk to Lady. Man, you had to yell, Lady! And no matter what lady was doing, she would stop. And she'd turn around and start trotting back down the street. I don't think she put her collar on or a chain on or anything, but at least she did go home, leave you alone. <laughs> Everybody loves a good story. And we refer to stories sometimes as anecdotes, don't we? Short stories that illustrate something to be learned. Our Lord Jesus preferred this teaching method, especially when teaching the great truths of the kingdom to the multitudes. Now, there were philosophers born before Jesus came into the world, and they were idolized by the Greeks and the Romans. And these philosophers were great thinkers and teachers, and they use various methods to teach their students, but Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, used parables or stories as his teaching method. Ingenious. Some teachers use the method of rote to teach, don't they? And we probably all had teachers like this. They provide their students with cold, hard facts and figures and encourage repeating of those facts until it sticks in the mind. Now, this method can work, but it tends to teach what, where, and when, but not how and why. Perhaps that's why some people don't like learning history. 
The rote method of memorization sometimes lacks relevance. But some teachers know how to wrap the cold facts of what, when, and where into a story. And the storytelling method piques the interest of their students. Students perk up and they listen intently, find it easier to remember the facts and the interesting information associated with the why question and the how question, which makes the facts relevant. I had a couple of college professors who used this method. And I tell you, I could listen to those fellas all day. Matter of fact, they were so good until some old students like me would, would come and they'd register just to audit their classes. They didn't want to take the test, <laughs> but they wanted to hear the story. So they would register, amen, and they'd sit in that class the whole semester to hear these people share historical stories. Now, let me just give you an example of what I'm talking about. The American Revolution. Amen. It started in this part of the country, and it started with an act called the Boston Tea Party. That was in December of 1773. And, and, and that act triggered a response by the British monarch. He decided to send his armies to punish the colonies. And since the colonies didn't have a standing army, they depended on the local townsmen to arm themselves and mobilize quickly in their towns and around their homes. They didn't know when the British army was coming, so they needed someone to alert them. So they chose a man named Paul Revere. And they said, listen, we're going to set a signal uh, of light in the belfry of North Church in Boston and we want you to ride through the city when you see that light. And we want you to cry, the British are coming. The British are coming. And some history teachers would demand that their students remember the name, Paul Revere, and the date, April 18th, 1775. However, Henry, Long's, uh, Henry Longfellow, amen, he was a famous poet in the 19th century. He presented these same facts about Paul Revere in a poetic story entitled The Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. And so he tells those cold hard facts this way. Listen, my children, and you will hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April in 75. Hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, if the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light. One if by land and two if by sea and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. I'm going to stop because I'm not preaching about the American Revolution, but I think you get the point. It's easier to remember 
the story is more interesting than just telling me remember Paul Revere and telling me to remember April 18th, 1775. Praise the Lord. You see, telling the historical event this way makes it interesting and memorable. So Jesus, who is the word made flesh, chose this method of storytelling to communicate the truths regarding the kingdom of God. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them, that I, it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. The prophet that was referenced in this scripture was the Old Testament poet Asaph, who the preacher read about and read from on Friday night. From Psalm 78 and 2, he prophesied about the Messiah and he said this, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. So Jesus uses parables to communicate to the multitudes about the joy of finding lost things. The first two parables here in Luke 15 are about the lost sheep and the lost coin. But the most valuable thing uh, found was the lost son. And the message progressed in the value of those lost things and always ended with a need to rejoice over that which was found. So ultimately, our Heavenly Father and his attending host of angels rejoice when a wayward sinner comes home. The sheep and the coin could not find themselves, but the man had the potential, according to God's mercy, and the bestowal of abundant grace to find his mind and thus find his way home. So the Bible tells us, amen, according to verse 12, the younger son said to his father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the Bible said he divided unto them his living. This was very poor judgment for the young man. The younger son, amen, had a foolish kind of childish hurtful demand of his father he wanted his inheritance now and that's the way far too many of us live our life in the moment we want everything now amen he wanted it now before his father died because usually inheritances are given after uh, the patriarch dies Amen. He, in essence, was saying to his father, I wish you were dead so that whatever I have coming to me from you could be mine now. Amen. You know, what he demanded was an insult. What he demanded was disrespectful. Uh, and according to Jewish culture, amen, the father that would grant such a demand would become a public shame. Uh, but this father complied and gave him the inheritance. Solomon said in Proverbs 20 and 21, an inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be 
blessed. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. I want to have the Lord's blessing on my life. Uh, amen. In other words, what Solomon was saying is that you can get the inheritance ahead of time, but it's going to end up being a curse to you. And like this young man, some people just don't care about the long-term consequences of their desires for a short-term gratification. Amen. They want the short-term gratification just as long as hey, they can get what they want. And so to grant this demand, the father was forced to divide the inheritance, according to verse 12, uh, amongst both his sons. The Bible said he divided under them his living. And uh, you see, when you're selfish, you don't care how your behavior affects others. Just as long as you get what you want. Just as long as you are satisfied. My God, my God. Verse 13 says, and not many days after the young son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Amen. This was acting without thinking. And I was in first and second grade. We had some, amen, books, reading books. And we had a, uh, a little workbook that went with that reading book. And that workbook was entitled Think and Do. Hallelujah. It's a good principle for all of life. Think first before you just run off and do something. Because if you do it in reverse, you can make a mess of your life. Billions upon billions have made a mess of their life because they have gone on to do something, amen, and didn't think about what they were doing first. And they've made horrible mistakes, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and caused their life to go down an alley that God never intended for it to traverse, praise the Lord. You see, the Bible says it didn't take long before this younger son packed up and moved out. Uh, he wanted to get away from home. Perhaps he felt as though, amen, his father was too high and too tough. I don't know about you, but amen, with regard to teachers, uh, some of the best teachers I've had in my lifetime are people, amen, that were demanding of the students. Praise the Lord. People that pushed them to learn, people that tested them often, praise the Lord, people that caused you to raise the bar, not the one that just slacked off and let you get away with anything. You typically don't learn much in that environment, but the teacher that pushed and kind of rolled you a little bit, you came out of their class, amen, with sometime a superior level of knowledge. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. And this boy, amen, probably thought his father was just too tough maybe felt he was too restricted at home. There were things he wanted to do that weren't allowed in his father's house. Or maybe he felt like, I just need to get away and find myself. I hope I'm talking your language. Uh, or perhaps the real reason was he had fallen uh, man, into the keeping company with the wrong crowd. You know, the Bible says that evil communications corrupt good manners. Praise the Lord our God. And this wrong crowd exposed him to uh, the riotous style of life. Uh, and this lifestyle with its many pleasures, uh, the young lad found intriguing. It looked good to him. Uh, it sounded good to him. 
it looked delightful to him. And you know, that's just how sin is, isn't it? Amen. It has a way of enticing you and deceiving you into believing that it is better than it is. The Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, you, you, you see, amen, uh, amen, when you get involved with sin, uh, amen, you get involved because you are drawn away of your own lust and enticed. God does not tempt you to sin. Neither does he tempt anybody because he does not sin. Amen. The problem with sin is that when sin is finished, it results in death. So the young man who lacked discretion, the young man who lacked knowledge and wisdom moved a long ways away so he could live his dreams. And you know, we're getting that advice today, aren't we? Amen. Be guided by your heart and live your dreams. That's bad doctrine. That's bad advice. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, the Bible says. Who can know it? Hallelujah to God. Amen. There is more evil in your fallen nature. Amen. Than uh, you care to really find out. The best thing to do is stay away from following your heart. I encourage you to follow Jesus. I encourage you to get into the Bible, which is the word of God, and obey the word of the Lord. Don't follow your heart. Don't chase a dream that a man can end up being a nightmare. And this man followed his heart. Amen. But the Bible says he ended up wasting his substance with riotous living. Amen. And that's what happens when you leave home without understanding. You leave from under the shelter of your protection and find yourself defenseless against the wiles of the devil. Because you were sheltered in your father's house, you are not aware of the enemy's schemes. You are not aware of his tricks and his games whereby he steals your virtue, whereby he robs you of your substance, whereby he cheats you out of your inheritance. Hallelujah to God. Verse 14 says, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in what? Getting involved in sin is like falling into a, a bottomless pit. Amen. When you start falling, you keep falling. Amen. Lower and lower you go. I don't know about you, but amen. I used to lay on the bed sometime years ago. And I would feel like I was falling and I'd flinch and I'd try to catch myself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, if that's the reality of your life, amen, praise God, amen, you can't rescue yourself. You can't break your own fall. Amen. The Bible says that when he wasted all of his inheritance, a mighty famine besieged the land. The city that held such promise of enjoyment was plunged into economic ruin. Employment opportunities dried up. Friends took off and food was scarce. Sin has a way of stripping you and leaving you alone. The gushing waters that once sprang out of the well of sin dry up. 
up. The pleasures offered by sin run out because it was only designed to last for a season. You find yourself alone and friendless and hopeless and a long ways from home. Amen. You fall from thriving to surviving, from being on top to working the slop, from bragging beneficent to a cowering maleficent, from being a pompous know-it-all to becoming an incompetent ignoramus. Hallelujah to God. Verse 15 says, and when he went and joined, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the field to feed swine. Here he is now doing the unthinkable. The young man was a Jewish lad. Amen. He had no business fooling with the swine or pigs because they were an animal that was decreed from Moses' time to be unclean, ceremonially unclean to Israel. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. But he found in the horrible predicament that he was in, he had to make an agreement to defile himself. Oh Lord, I feel so sorry for these young people, especially these girls who know everything, praise God, that run away from home. These teenage girls that get out there and some filthy rascal gets a hold of them and abuses them and forces them, amen, into harlotry, into being a prostitute. Hallelujah to God. It's a sad, terrible commentary. It's a horrible thing. Their life is ruined. Hallelujah. Hold them hostage. They drug them. Hallelujah. And waste their life. Some of them never get out of the situation they're in. Amen. But that's what's going on in our world today. Hallelujah. It's terrible. Praise the Lord. May my, my, my. You don't know as much as you need to know. Amen. When you dabble in sin. My God, my God. And so this young man found himself having to agree, having to make league, having to sign a contract, if you will, to defile himself. Amen. Out here now without any money. And he didn't have any food to eat. He had to join himself and become to a citizen of that riotous land. He found himself in a place he should never have been. He had to accept work that was defiling for him. Out there away from home in Sin City, you might find yourself hooking up with people you never thought would be you'd be involved with. They are the lender and you are the borrower. They are the Lord and you are the servant. You find yourself doing things you said you'd never do and going places you said you'd never go. Amen. You find yourself in the bar. Find yourself in the nightclub. Find yourself, amen, drinking liquor. Maybe taking dope. Hallelujah to God. Find yourself hooking up with prostitutes. Hallelujah to God. In pimps. Find yourself, amen, in a party somewhere where folks are packing guns. Hallelujah to God. You thought you knew so much. Thought you knew better. But now you're living a dangerous life. And if God Almighty don't help you, you'll die out there like a fool.
move. Somebody ought to be praying with me. My God, my God. Hallelujah. Amen. In order to survive, you find yourself having to be willing to try the vilest thing. I wish I could be very graphic, but I try to back off a little for the kids. But some of these sexual acts, amen, you find yourself engaging in. Amen. If the average person, amen, thought about it, they'd feel like vomiting. But you find yourself in it. Man on man. Woman on woman. A nasty, filthy lifestyle of a homosexual or a lesbian. It's trashy living. It's down at the bottom rung. Amen. Of what humanity is all about. It's the one of the worst possible things that could happen to you. Amen. But that's what happens when you run away. Hallelujah. Think you can make it on your own. Found himself down there. Amen. Had to take a job feeding the pigs, which is something a Jew should never do. Bible said he got so hungry that he would faint. In other words, he would gladly have filled his belly with the pig's food. Amen. The only reason he didn't do it too was because nobody offered it to him. But if somebody had offered him the slop, if somebody had offered him the husk, he'd have eaten that. Ah, child of God, where are you running to? Hallelujah is worse out there. My God, my God, getting worse and worse. Amen. Now he's destitute and he's alone. He's effectively moved from the penthouse to the pig pen and down in the pig pen. It's dirty down there in the pig pen. Amen. It's muddy down there. Down in the pig pen is sloppy. Down in the pig pen is stinky. Down in the pig pen, nothing but grunts and oinks. A noisy old place. No solitude of mind. You can't think straight down there. In the pig pen, in the middle of the slop and the mud and the stink and the mess. Hallelujah to the Lord. And when you live in the pig pen, you might come dressed in a suit. You might have a clean suit on and a shirt and a tie. You might have a hat and you might have a, a good woman suit, a blouse and a skirt. Hallelujah to God. Amen. But let me tell you something. It's not about how much how you look externally as what's going on in your spirit. Hallelujah to God when your spirit is vile. When you've been raped by the devil. When you've been playing patty cake with him. When he got you in a headlock and he's just carrying you away. When he's dragging you like a beast into the depths of this sin in hell. It doesn't feel good. Amen. You're dirty, you're muddy, you're sloppy. And you smell stinky. Hallelujah to God. Oh, Jesus. But the Bible tells me that down there in a pig pen, the Lord heard his daddy's cry. I'm going to tell you, hardhead, we're praying for you. We're fasting for you. We're calling your name in prayer. 
but you are drifting you're drifting away we're crying Lord have mercy have mercy on that boy have mercy on that girl have mercy on that brother have mercy on that sister Lord they lost their mind Lord they putting on a show Lord they're pretender acting like everything is alright but I smell something funny they look kind of funny they're talking kind of funny their behavior is kind of funny hallelujah because they got involved with sin you can't roll in the mud and not be muddy you can't fool against excrement and not get stinky hallelujah oh Jesus help me Lord help me Lord send the Holy Ghost hallelujah but down there in the pig pen God heard his father's prayer heard his cry to help my son I can't go and chase him because he's wrong and he's gone but I know you sit high I know you look low I know you see all we do I know you know where we go you know our thoughts are far off oh Lord have mercy on my son hallelujah I can't even tell you where he is right now I can't even tell you what other predicament he's in but I know he's in trouble cause you can't leave God and everything be alright if you say you're alright you're a liar hallelujah does anybody that runs out from under God's protection anybody that runs out hallelujah from the church of Jesus Christ amen ain't nothing but trouble out there ain't nothing but hell and destruction out in that world that devil will put your eyes out like he put Samson's eyes out and you'll find yourself in a bad situation somebody ought to know what I'm talking about glory to Jesus hallelujah to God amen down in that pig pen a revival begin to start you see the first thing God's got to do is touch your mind hallelujah oh Jesus help me Lord first thing you got to do is touch your mind cause if your mind is messed up your feet don't know where to go if your mind is messed up your hands don't know what to do if your mind is messed up your tongue gonna say something it's got no business saying if your mind is messed up you can't obey you can't do right cause your mind is messed up that's why saints we need to have the mind of Christ hallelujah oh thank you Jesus we gotta have a mind change we need to be renewed 
that's what the Bible said in the spirit of our mind if you get your mind right your feet will walk right if you get your mind right your tongue will talk right if you get your mind right your spirit will be right if you get your mind right your attitude will be right hallelujah there was a revival in the pig pen a revival down there he came to himself hallelujah it's only the Lord that enables you to come to yourself if he leave you you'll never come back to him if he doesn't have mercy on you you'll think you're alright when you're all wrong if the Lord don't help you you'll think you'll see and you're blind as can be hallelujah oh thank you Jesus oh help Lord the Bible tells me amen they came to himself and he began to talk to himself sometimes you gotta talk to yourself hallelujah he said how many I can't even count anymore my dad is a rich man hallelujah thank you Jesus my dad has got some substance he's a man to be reckoned with he's a wealthy man my dad has got a good home hallelujah hallelujah he's so rich that he can hire servants he said how many hired servants do my father have and they have bread enough they've got food enough and to spare they can push away from my daddy's table and do a deep belch they can say I had enough put it in the refrigerator I'll eat it tomorrow they got more than the food in their belly can hold but look at me I'm out here I'm messed up I'm hungry I'm destitute I'm naked I'm smelly hallelujah I don't have anybody to help me hallelujah I'm not like I ought to be I'll tell you what I'm gonna do he said I will arise my friend you got to get up and fess up hallelujah he said I'm gonna get up and I'm going home I'm gonna find my way home hallelujah I'm going back where I belong I'm going where things were better for me forfeited the best time of my life I've tasted both sides now and my daddy's house was better his rules were better I was a blessed man and a fool at the same time but I'm getting up not gonna sit here amongst pig excrement any longer and all of sin is his excrement hallelujah to God you can't look right can't do right can't obey right ha 
Hallelujah to God. I'm gonna get up and I'm going home. I'm gonna find my way home. And I got something to tell my father. Hallelujah. He said, listen, daddy, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Oh, the life I live has been embarrassment to you and to me. Been embarrassment to my brother and the whole family. I knew better. I was raised better. Oh, Jesus, but look at me now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell my daddy I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned before thee. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'll tell you what. Just make me as one of your high servants. Won't you take me back and make me a servant? I'm not asking to be a son. I just want to come home. I wonder, is there anybody this afternoon that wants to come home? Hallelujah to God. The Bible said he didn't just talk about it. You got to do something. He got up. He arose. Yes, he did. And he started going in direction of his father's house. I'm not going to be deterred. No doubt while he was walking, he could see the devastation of Sin City around him. Didn't look so good no more. Wasn't enticing anymore. Didn't show any delight anymore. Wasn't pleasurable anymore. Amen. He was broken. He was busted. He was down. And he was out. His clothes are ragged. He had no shoes. He was tattered and torn. Stinking and smelly. But despite all that, he said, I'm going back. I'm going to find my way home. Hallelujah. It's going to take me a while. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to find my way home. I'm going to go back where I belong. I'm going to get back to what I was doing when I was in better spirit, when I was clothed better, when I had my right mind. Come on, friend. Amen. Make this personal. Some of you have lost your joy. Some of you have lost your inspiration. Some of you have lost your desire to pray. Some of you are no longer obedient. Some of you are hard-headed, stubborn, and stiff-necked. You weren't always this way, but that's the way you are now. You're vengeful, mean, and nasty. Give tit for tat. You don't have the right attitude. You buck up against everything that's right. You resist doing right. Hallelujah. But you weren't always that.
that way. Glory to God. At one point you were humble. At one point the joy of Jesus used to surge through you so much until you didn't know what to do with yourself. Just a touch from the Holy Ghost and praise God you'd be up off your pew. You felt like running and leaping and praising God. You didn't need music to glorify God. But look at you now. You're poor and destitute and lame and blind. Hallelujah to God. You're mad when you hear the truth. You won't submit to authority like the Bible teaches. But you were not always that way. Don't you remember how it was when the Lord first pricked your heart and you heard the truth? Don't you remember how you felt when you wanted the Holy Ghost? Don't you remember how you felt when you went down in that water and were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't you remember the joy you used to have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you remember the peace that used to be in your mind? Don't you remember the love for everybody that you used to have before you fool around with those crazy friends that lied in your ear and you begin to leave the leave the lie? You are all right until you got the wrong friends. You are all right until you listen to the wrong people. Evil communication. Corrupt good manners. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But the companion of fools shall be destroyed. If you listen to me, your house would be better. If you listen to me, your marriage would be better. All I'm trying to get you to do is come on here to the house of the Lord. Don't make excuse for this is a house of refuge. You need the prayer. You need the word. You need the Bible. Hallelujah. You need the teaching. You need the fellowship. You need the encouragement. You need the correction and the instruction in righteousness. Don't kid yourself. You need this. If you're humble and honest, you realize you can't trust yourself. Hallelujah. But you know that when you were obedient, it was the best time of your life. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going with I'm going where the living waters flow. I can hear my Savior calling. Repentant tears are falling. My heart, my heart goes back to Jesus and I must go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to find your way back. That way back is, is a man, that road 
is a road of prayer. That road is a road of fasting. On that road, amen, amen, is the scripture. On that road is humility. On that road is confession. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to the Lord. On that road is complete submission to God and his will and his plan for your life. You stop arguing with God and everything that God has ordained. Hallelujah. You say, let me just get back to the place where I was. Somebody said, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can get so far away, my friend, uh, until you can hear me preach right now, amen, and justify yourself. Uh, hallelujah, but I'm going to tell some of you, uh, you're bucking up against, amen, God and his word. Uh, for some of you, it might be your last message. Uh, and don't think I'm going to preach a different message a week from now, uh, amen, if if you're laying up here where this communion table is, I'm liable to preach the same thing again. You won't be able to hear me, but maybe I'll catch the ear of your friend or your family member because this truth doesn't change. You've got to change. You've got to change. You've got to change. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This young fella, it was a long road home, but he was determined to get there because he had moved a long ways away. Praise the Lord. And so praise the Lord when he was on his way with his mind fixed and his heart fixed and his mind made up. Amen. He got near the house and maybe there was a long roadway going down to the house. Amen. And he turned up that road and he started walking. Who should he see? But his father, the Bible said he had compassion. Don't you think the devil's talking to him the same way he talks to you? They don't love you. They're not going to receive you. Uh, they're not going to welcome you. They're not going to pray for you. That's devil talk. You don't know that by now? That's devil talk. We're not going to coddle you. We're not going to play games with you. And you know, I'm not going to, amen, go suck a, a can of Altoids before I talk to you. Praise the Lord. Because I want you right. That's all I'm concerned about. And if it means shaking your cage, then, that, then we need to shake your cage until that door comes open. But petting you, praise the Lord, and making you feel all right when you know you're not, you won't respect me. You won't respect me. Because when you really want to get right, you want to be with somebody that's going to tell you the truth. Not somebody that's going to put a bottle to your mouth and tell you suck. You want, you say, tell me the truth so I can get out of this mess I'm in. I can't help myself. I'm tired of being this way. Hallelujah. I'm weak and I can barely make it. Get somebody that's strong to help me to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I need somebody that doesn't understand sin. Hallelujah. Somebody that's not going to make me feel like, well, we all got to sin sometime. You don't need that. And you know you don't need that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
The Bible says the strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Amen. If you're weak, you want to be with somebody that's strong, somebody got some backbone, somebody that has some courage, somebody that's willing to stand. Because you know they can help you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, look and he saw him. Amen. He had compassion. See, the son thought he was hard because he wouldn't compromise. He wouldn't pet him. He wouldn't stroke him. But his father had a good heart. He just didn't want to fool with sin. And he was not leaning in that direction at all. Huh? He was going to stand forthright, flat-footed. And if his son didn't like that, praise the Lord, then I guess he was just going to have to go and find himself someplace else to live. But he knew where his daddy was. He wasn't out, amen, down at the police station checking everywhere to see where he was. He wasn't going into all the Sin City into, amen, the red light district trying to find his son. Because you can't help people that, that way. Huh? Some folks' heads are hard. Hallelujah. Sometimes they got to get knocked down a peg or two before they appreciate what they had. You don't tell me that that father didn't hurt. He was a human. He loved his son. It hurt him. It hurt him. And the fact that his son would go out there and take a chance hurt him more than the public shame he had to endure. Huh? But when he saw him, even though he was raggedy, he didn't have any shoes on his feet, he lost his familiar ring, he looked good to him. He looked good to him because he was dead. He was dead in trespasses and sin. But he saw his son moving in the right direction. Hallelujah. And he ran to him. And the Bible said he hugged him. Yes, sir. That boy was stinking. My Lord. I don't mean a man under his arms. Right. right. He was smelling of increment. Of, right. of crim, uh, huh? Excrement. Excrement. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's where he was living. Amen. When you live in sin, you live in a mess. That's right. You look bad, you smell bad. Jesus. But that didn't stop him from hugging his son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. The son, no doubt, was shocked. Hallelujah. But he didn't just keep his mouth shut because he got a hug. You got to do it right. You got to do it right all the way. You can't bounce back in, praise God, and just pick up where you left off. You need to get up and fess up. That's God's way. He said to Adam, where are you? Not because he was blind and he couldn't see where Adam was, but Adam didn't know where he was. And he was doing more than hiding in the bushes. It's the condition of his soul that God wanted to know whether he understood. Hallelujah. And so the son spoke up. And he was respectful now. And he meant it from his heart now. And his whole attitude was different. His disposition was different. He wasn't sitting up to going back with a scowl on his face. But I don't think I need to do it that way. 
Huh? But he probably could barely look his father in the eye. Because, you know, when you're not right, it's kind of hard to stand up there and look like you're right. Huh? When we come to God, we bow our heads, don't we? When if you're looking up like, Lord, look at me. I know the Bible says come boldly before the throne of grace, but some men still wants you to bow your head to this God we serve. Huh? He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I have something to say. I got to get this out. I got to tell it like it is. I didn't have this kind of mind when I left. I was crazy and deceived. He said, but I sinned against heaven, against thee. Isn't that what David said? And thee only have I sinned. You got to go to God. You can't bypass him and come to me. You got to go to God first and then come to me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. He said, I've sinned against heaven. Because ultimately I've broken God's law. It wasn't so much yours. You were just following what the Lord told you to do. I've broken God's law. And, and I didn't treat you right. Huh? And I'm no longer worthy. Huh? I didn't come back here with a take me back attitude. That's how I was when I left. I was smart mouth, know it all pompous but that's not the attitude I have because you don't have to take me back you gave me what was supposedly mine you owe me nothing you owe me nothing you could point your finger and tell me and that would be enough to know I have to leave huh and that's what you should do but he was moved with compassion I've sinned against heaven and against thee. I'm no longer worthy to be called thy son. The father didn't even let him finish. Did you ever notice that when you get a mind to do what's right, even though you start down that road of confession and empty it out, before you can get it all out, the Lord begins to step in? When God finds out, as soon as the Lord finds out your heart has changed, he'll do something for you. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. As soon as your heart changes, here comes the anointing of God, the blessing of God, the deliverance. But you can't fool him. You can fool me, but you can't fool God. You cannot fool God. You can sit up there with a smiling face and a stubborn heart. You won't fool God. You'll never experience his anointing and blessing and delivering power. But it's just as soon as you start moving. Abraham was just about ready to come down on the boy. Because in his heart, Isaac was dead. But God said, stop. <laughs> huh? Hallelujah. And the boy could never finish to say, make me a higher servant. Because the father said, listen. Go get my best robe. He didn't say, go get a robe. Huh? The boy wasn't even washed up yet. He said, go get my best robe. Go get my robe. Go get the best one. Hallelujah. What a reception. Go get his, the best robe and put it on him. Don't just dangle it on them and say, when you get all cleaned up and straightened right, because some folks think they're going to clean themselves. It's impossible to clean yourself. You need to come just as you are. And the Lord will give you his righteousness. 
All of ours are as filthy rags. But he'll give you his righteousness. That's what that robe represented. Praise the Lord. And he said, by the way, huh? He said he's no worthy, no longer worthy to be called my son. But go get the family ring. Bring that. And I want you to put it on his finger. I want my son to know he's my son. Hallelujah. Other folk may not like him or love him, but he's my son. Huh? And I'm welcoming him home because he repented. If he didn't repent, he could stay out there. But because he repented, I'm welcoming him back. Get that family ring. Get that crest, that family crest on that wing. I want everybody to see he got a ring on his finger. I want them to see the family crest. I want them to know he belongs to me. How many of you are glad to belong to Jesus? Do you have the evidence? <laughs> Do you have the evidence? Are you just one of these professors? I've accepted the Lord in my heart as my personal Savior. Or did you repent from your sins and go down in his name? Did you take on his name? His name ain't Father, it ain't Son, it ain't Holy Ghost. His name is Lord Jesus Christ. That's the family name. And you ought not sully it up. And you ought not dirty it up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You ought to be proud of the family you belong to. The family of God. Is that right, Sister Thomas? The family of God. Hallelujah. He said, go get that. Look at, look at, look at, look at his feet. They're muddy, they're dirty. They got to be smelly. Hallelujah. The boy done walked all the way home. Uh, you know, when you really want to be right, you will do what you need to do. You're not going to make excuses. You're not going to point your finger at anybody else and try to blame them for your failure and your shortcoming. You will do what you need to do, even if it hurts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? David said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Ah, wash me, wash me, wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. Hallelujah to the Lord. He said, go get some shoes for him. And I want you to put the shoes on his feet. I don't want my son walking barefoot. There's no need for my son to walk barefoot. I got enough money to put good shoes on his feet. Don't go to Walmart. Huh? Don't go to Walmart and get my son some shoes. My son can afford better than Walmart. Hallelujah. You go to a name store. Huh? Go get him some Aldens. Go get him some Allen Edmonds. Get him some real shoes, praise the Lord. Huh? Go get him some of those good shoes made in Italy. Don't come back here with no Walmart shoes. Huh? Get him something from real. Don't go get him some shoes from, huh? Huh? Marshall shoes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pay less. Get him some good shoes. Praise the Lord. Come on. My father's rich in houses and land. 
Stop accepting the worst. Glory to God. When you serve Almighty God, you don't have to accept the worst. Go ahead and ask for what you want. You know, there's, I, I feel sorry for these people. Their mentality in terms of going through life is, well, I can't get a whole loaf, so I might as well be happy with a half. I'm sorry. Maybe that's the way you want to live, but I can't live that way. I can't live that way, Elder. I, I can't live that way. I refuse to live that way. Uh-uh. I want whatever God has for me. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm not saying I'm satisfied if I only have the, the so-called best. But I don't believe I have to accept the worst if God has made it possible for me to have better. Praise the Lord. Why do I have to sing all I need is a touch from Jesus? I want the Holy Ghost to bubble up in my soul like a well of water. I want to feel the real anointing. I want power. I want healing power, saving power, delivering power. You can be glad with a beat and a dance. Praise God. I want power to crush the head of the devil. I want power to speak to the sick and they recover. Lay hands on them, they recover. Hallelujah. I want power to cast out devils. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not happy with a wave of a hand. I want deliverance. Everything the Lord has promised to us. I want it. I want it. Every gift of the Spirit, I want it to be made manifest. Hallelujah to God. Everything that God can do to make us right and crush the head of Satan, I want it. Hallelujah. You might be glad we're coming and sitting down in church like you at a Methodist church, a Baptist church, a Catholic church, playing with the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons. I don't want that old dead stuff. You might be happy sitting in the church singing some nothing wrong with hymns. I believe in hymns. Hymns are good. But when dead folks sing hymns, it's even worse than... Dead folks singing hymns is all like a dirge. All of it might as well be dum, 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 dum. Glory to God. I wish y'all had a passion like I have it. I wish you had a passion for Jesus like that. You think I'm crazy. Praise God, but I can't be satisfied with anything less than more of him. I want more of him and I want it right. I want it right. I want a passion. I got a passion for Jesus to do his work and his will. That's why I don't settle for stuff that's not like God. I'm not worried about being understood. I have a passion for Christ. Praise the Lord. You know when saved folks sing a hymn, it comes to life, doesn't it? Isn't that right? Huh? You can be singing, There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. It comes to life. You don't even want to play dead. When you're dead in trespasses and sin, you're sitting up there with a bunch of folk that haven't even received the Holy Ghost. Y'all calling themselves Christian. When that thing get on you, you feel like saying, there's not a friend like the lowly. I don't care what the key signature is. Somebody bound to the key signature because some old dead person wrote that key signature. Let the dead sing the dead style. 
I ain't studying no King Singer. I don't need the notes and the paper. That's by bad stuff. By virtue of the fact that I have life. I sing it like somebody that's alive. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. You see, I'm singing from experience. I'm not singing from rote. You dead thing, you're singing from rote. Because you remember, because you can read the key signature and the notes. But when you get this Holy Ghost in you, it rewrites the song. It brings some joy to the song. It brings some exuberance. It brings some happiness. It brings some life. It brings some anointing. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why I can't sit here, praise God, like a bunch of dead Baptists. Or dead Trinitarians. Because I got the real thing. Praise the Lord, hallelujah to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Even when I wave my hand, it's not just me, it's the Holy Ghost. Sometimes the Holy Ghost just say, amen, wave at me. It didn't even bypass all the whatever's going on inside this thick skull. Huh? It don't say, now, I want you to think about raising your hand. The Holy Ghost I got bypasses this sometimes, and it just... Y'all don't know what I'm talking about because you're not passionate about it. You don't spend time in prayer. You don't talk to the Lord. You don't lay before him. Amen. Praise God. You got one eye open and one eye closed. Amen. You don't read your Bible. This thing ain't really in you. You got to touch one day, but I lay before God. Woo! Hallelujah. And I stay in his word. And sometime I find my head just moving or my hand going up and I'm not thinking about it. It's the Holy Ghost down in me that's alive. That's why I can't take dead things. Lying people that say they got the Holy Ghost and they got no movement. Something wrong. See what the Lord is trying to tell me. He said, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Even though you don't think about me, I'm going to move your mortal body. Don't worry about laying down there. Because even while you got life, without anything on here to control it, I'm just going to move your body. I'm just going to move your head. I'm going to do it. So that when you're laying there, you're going to find out I'm going to do it again. I can do it while you're awake. I can do it while you're asleep. Because I'm God Almighty all by myself. I'm life. Hmm? Hallelujah. When you don't live right and don't walk right and you breathe your last breath, you might be down there to the second resurrection. I'm coming up at the first. When the first trumpet sound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jesus. This fella got his robe, got a ring, got shoes on his feet so he can walk in paths of righteousness for the Lord's name's sake. And then the father said, go get that fatted calf. Huh? 
I was hoping for this day. The Lord is hoping you'll come back. He's telling you, I'll welcome you. He was hoping you'd come back. He's getting everything ready. Huh? Isn't that where he is now? I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, how many want to be with him? Ah, there ye may be also. He's getting ready for us. And it's going to be a grand and glorious day. Get that fatty calf and bring him. I don't want to look at him. Kill him. Cook him. We're going to have a good time. Somebody said, talking about a good time. Talking about a good time. That's why I'm glad to be in a Holy Ghost church. We're Holy Ghost people. That's why, that's why I praise God. I'm not a lecturer. I'm a preacher. Huh? I'm not a lecturer. I'm a preacher. Hallelujah. I preach life. Hallelujah. And I know I can't preach life until I kill sin. You can't smell better till you take a bath. <laughs> you got to get rid of that sin first. Then you can smell better. Got to get rid of that sin first. Then you can build something. Got to get rid of that sin first. Then you can have real joy. Got to get rid of that sin first. Then you can have life. Otherwise, you just kind of, huh? Like some stink person putting on deodorant huh? or putting on cologne. You really smell bad then. Preachers, preachers, you got to root out sin. Huh? And there's plenty of it in here. You got to root out sin. You got to ask God to give you the word that's going to expose the devil and send him running. Because when that boy came back with the right attitude, huh? Praise the Lord. Then the father said, We're going to have ourselves a good time. Huh? Hallelujah. My son is worth more than a sheep. My son is worth more than a coin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was dead, but he's alive. Hallelujah. And I'm glad about it. I'm happy about it. Hallelujah. That's why he said in so many words we're serving, talking about a good time. It ought to be bubbling out in your soul. Glory to Jesus. Every time you think about him, every time you come into the house of prayer with a right spirit, hallelujah, you feel like somebody ought to break out and say, talking about a good time. We're going to have a time. Whoa, yeah. Hallelujah. going to have a good time down here but when we all see Jesus huh, we're going to have a time huh? do you know what I'm talking about huh? shout yeah shout yeah shout yeah 
I wish I could get out this body sometime. Hallelujah. It holds me back. Praise God, but I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Talking about a good time. Yeah, talking about a good time. Yeah, we're talking about a good time. Talking about a good time. Yeah, we're talking about a good time. Yeah, I'm talking about a good time. Yeah, I'm talking about a good time. Yeah, talking about a good time. Yeah, I'm talking about a good time. Yes, I'm talking about a good time. Hey, I'm talking about a good time. Talking about a good time. Talking about a good time. Yeah, talking about a good time. When we all see Jesus. When we all see Jesus. When we all see Jesus. Hey, I'll see Jesus. Yeah, I'm talking about a good time. Yes, I'm talking about a good time. Yes, I'm talking about a good time. Yeah, talking about a good time. 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 Good time.